0: lost sons today's parable is sandwiched between those and some sayings about money so does the parable of the unrighteous manager line up more with the three parables of the lost or with jesus's proverbs about money is it a hinge between the two Of all the parables Jesus tells, today's definitely fits with why Jesus tells parables in the first place as Jesus says that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now, there's a couple of paths forward through this most difficult parable, and both of them do hinge on a very similar idea, which is what we will get to in a moment but no matter which way you go, there's always some unanswered questions at the end. There's always something deeper in this Jesus' most difficult parable. Now today, Jesus is not only telling us his most difficult parable today. He has some other difficult words for you today. And there's, no really, there's really no way to dodge what Jesus says today. What he's got to tell you is uh, difficult, not because it's hard to understand. No, it's difficult because it's actually very easy to understand. What he says today is very clear, black and white. And the words today are difficult because of that. In fact, his words are a burden. They are unmanageable. They are unpleasant to hear. They strike at one of the most precious things, your pocketbook. Jesus talks about money today, your favorite false god, and what to do with that money. He says, If you haven't been faithful in what is someone else's, who will give you what's your own? No servant can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Jesus' warning here is to be faithful. That is, to have faith in God and not in money. Our money often enslaves us, the sign of a false God. False gods always bring death and always make us cause death or harm. To others. The fifth and seventh commandments come home to roost when it comes to our misuse of money. We should fear and love God so that we do not hurt or harm our neighbor in his body, but help and support him in every physical need, maybe using money to do so. As the seventh commandment also teaches, we shall fear and love God so that we do not take our neighbor's money or possessions or get them in any dishonest way, but help him to improve and protect his possessions and income. Again, maybe using money and possessions to do so. But so often, the commandment of our life runs this way. We should fear and love our creditors So that we are not late on a payment. The borrower is slave to the lender, the proverb says. And Paul also says, owe no one anything except to love one another. So, how free are you? How free are you? Are you so free that you could give a tithe? A 10% offering what about 5% what about more than 10% how free are you how much does your pocketbook enslave you have you ever even crunched the numbers so that you could as Paul says give as he has decided how can you decide without looking and yes There's obligations we all have. And maybe they're the reason you can't give more or give like you want to, but more often these are the excuse of why we don't give at all. Even in the Old Testament, the Lord allows certain offerings to be graded by financial ability. Some more and some even least. After all, the Lord, as Paul says, no matter the Old or New Testament, but Paul says that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Now, I could get into even more specifics, but that would most likely land me in a whole host of trouble, which is a sad commentary on how Dearly we hold to our false god, mammon, money, and how vigorously we shall defend him, first with anger, then with words, and finally with actions. What we drive, the homes we keep, the food we eat, what fills our pockets and homes and lives, take up everything with only the remainder left for God. First fruits to us, gleanings to God. Lavish spending for me, penny-pinching for Jesus. It is a wonderful gift of the Spirit where this is not so. You cannot serve God and money, Jesus says. Oh, but how we try. But you end up hating one loving the other, devoted to one, despising the other. Which is it? Based on our wants, our wish lists and spending, you know the answer. Our lust for luxury and craving for cash reveals that it's not worldly lenders that we are really indebted to. The borrower is slave to the lender. And you owe the true and living God for your many sins, your money sins. What will he do with someone like you, with the sins that you have? When God overshadows our lives, even our bank accounts and financials, what sort of God will you have? we surely expect something similar to what happened to the unrighteous manager in the parable. What's this I hear about you? Turn in your ledger. You can no longer be manager. And we too deserve to be removed from being stewards of God's bounty that he graciously gives us and to be put in the poorhouse. That is indeed what you deserve. But instead you find out that you have another sort of God. Mammon, money, always works the way of what you deserve. But not the true and living God. The true God is the generous master of his house. See how generous He is, in the parable, what the unrighteous manager is banking on. He suffers his kingdom to be given away. He suffers the loss himself. And his debtors have an easier time of it. In fact, in reality, the master of the house suffers himself. Even to the point of death. Death on a cross for you. He dies for how you sin with his money. For the true God is the generous master of his house. He cancels your debts far more than the dishonest, unrighteous manager. The manager only lessened the debt for personal gain. The true God in his son, Jesus Christ, cancels your debts 100%. And not for personal gain, but to gain you. The prince of life gave his life into death. He shed his blood to pay your eternal sin debt. That is how generous the master of the house is for you. What your money can never buy, he gives away for free. The forgiveness of all your sins. He anoints you with the most precious oil, Christ's own righteousness in the water and word of holy baptism. He gives you bountifully of his bread, his very body and blood for you, for your forgiveness money is a cruel master never enough and at the end of the day or rather at the end of your life and at the last day it will fail the true and living god is a generous master and he never fails and never runs out Even at death and the grave, he rises from the dead and he always has more to give and supply. He is doubly generous, not only supplying the forgiveness of sins, but also supplying what we need to support this body and life. He gives what you need and possibly more. If not more, you may end up being worldly poor, spending as much as you're given only in service of God's kingdom, as well as loving your family, your friends, and neighbors. He may give you more. And through that, he is generous towards other people. In terms of farming, it's his field his seed, his crops, his rain, his yields for you. And he forgives your love and care for money. And he says of your positioning money as God, and he, he says that you doing this will land you in the eternal poorhouse. You won't get out until you have paid the last penny. And since it's a debt you can't repay, you'll never get out. But out of undeserved mercy, he forgives your sins, frees you from your false God, and says, all that is mine anyway. He gives you of his bountiful goodness, not only for this life, but the life to come. Why worry if you'll make it now? He is... Already generous in his son, graciously giving you all things, as Paul says, his son's death, his resurrection, his baptism, his supper, you've already made it. And he's working it out so that you can be a blessing and benefit to others. And in eternal life, the Lord will say, as Isaiah promises, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. That is, for free. Free access to the eternal wedding party of Jesus and his church for you. And that party has no end. In the name of Jesus.